0: good morning, good morning. I want to, once again, join everyone else in uh, welcoming you. Thank you for being here this morning. We're glad you chose to uh, join us, whether that is uh, physically here in the building or digitally online. We know that there's a number who are are joining us that way, and we're glad that you're here as well. I want to take a minute and and encourage you next Sunday, March the 6th, is our... uh, starting point class. And you've heard me talk about this a little bit, and there's a lot of confusion about what this thing is. Basically, this is just HCOC 101. If, uh, if you have, if you're a newcomer, if you're a new member, if you're a regular attender, if you're a visitor, if you want to know anything about anything regarding HCOC, this is for you. And so it doesn't matter whether you've been here 10 years or whether you've, I mean, I've been here five years and I'm still introduced as the new preacher. So some of you have been here a while and you're still new. It's okay. You can show up to this thing and we're going to learn about HCOC and and as well as how you can plug in. We're going to feed you. Lunch will be provided. We're going to give you child care. will be provided as well. And uh, that's all going to take place in the fellowship hall immediately following worship next week. And so there's a lot of things that are going to be uh, associated with that. We do have a set time on it so it's not gonna go forever. It'll be eleven thirty to about one thirty and that will include our lunchtime as well. So if you haven't signed up yet, stop by the hub on your way out, put your name down. Even if you change your mind, we're not going to send the leg breakers out after you. It's okay. You can just uh, sign up. That is just so we can know how much food to prepare so that we're not being wasteful. So if you think there's a chance that you might want to attend, put your name down on that, uh, on that sheet out there. Or you can even use an alias. I don't care. Put somebody else's name down on that sheet. If you think there's a chance, you might be here. So let's, uh, this week, we're going to wrap up. Day forty-one. There's so many more of these that we could get into, and uh, but but at this point we're we're making a shift uh, as we move towards Easter this time of year, and so we're going to wrap up day forty-one this week. Next week we're going to start into a series that that I'm I'm just calling miracles. We're going to look at the seven miracles of Jesus in the Gospel of John. That's for the next seven weeks as we make our way towards Easter, and so. uh, This week we're going to end up uh, in our our day forty one series. That there's a voice. And and I I don't know, I I believe that everybody's heard this voice. It's not like the movies when when the, 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 the people are talking in your ear. This voice sounds a lot like you. Admit it, but there's a voice. Sometimes it whispers, sometimes it screams. But it it taunts us. It it challenges us. It accuses us. It it, it, it runs me down. It, it, it wants to tell me that I'm not enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not whatever enough. The point is that thing is always there in my mind, telling me I'm not. Enough, not just physically either it 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 can accuse me spiritually as well you aren't righteous enough you aren't you aren't holy enough you aren't good enough you aren't moral enough you're not enough in psychotherapy. this voice is called cognitive distortion basically it it's a type of thinking error it it, it it makes this negative thinking that arises out of a, a lot of different things. We're not here to talk about psychotherapy, but cognitive distortions are, are these distorted or irrational beliefs that sound vaguely like the truth. And we hear those in our head, these, these thinking errors that are not factual, they're not real, but, but there's no evidence to support them, but, but they're still there. And and it's still telling me. It it can come out of nowhere. Like I'm I'm sitting in my, my office and I'm diligently studying, preparing a lesson. And that voice will say, who do you think you're kidding? Why do you have any right to tell anybody else anything? You're just a fraud. You're a phony. You're a hypocrite. And you hear it gnawing at you in the back of your mind. It doesn't stop there. The, the, the voice likes to catch us at our lowest points. And, and will not just accuse me. It'll accuse God. God doesn't care about you. Would a loving God allow this to happen? What kind of God does this? As we wrap up day 41, one of the most important parts of moving forward is mastering this voice. How do, we, how do we handle it? How do we stop it? How do we deal with it? This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel. Because I think we get a glimpse of how to deal with the voice in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting at verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sokoh in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim between Sokoh and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath who was from Gath came Out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weighing five thousand shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its point weighed six hundred shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted at the ranks of Israel Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man. And have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. So the Israelites are camped out on this hilltop, right? Right? And, and, and there on this hilltop, there's a big valley, and on the other hilltop are the Philistines. Now, the Philistines ruled all the plains on the other side of these hills. They had, they had iron chariots, they had iron weapons, they had bronze weapons, and, and they had the tanks, you know? And, and they, their force controlled the plains. The Israelites, on the other hand, ruled the hill country. Because they had very, very skilled archers. They, had, they bought a, a, a guerrilla type of warfare. And, and tanks, the, 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 the iron chariots, didn't do much good in the hills of Israel. And so there was this stalemate. Because the Philistines had come as far as they could come. The Israelites were holding this line. And there's a valley between them. And so basically they're sitting here staring at each other. Trying to decide who's going to make the first move. Until this guy comes out, this, this giant, this champion. And, and he comes out and he is the, the, the man's man, the soldier's soldier. He is this, this, this hulk of a human being. And, and what they're really doing is kind of a psychological warfare here. Because he's coming out and taunting every day. And every day there's this constant barrage of attack. Every day a constant threat, and it worked. Saul is the king of Israel, supposed to be the Israel's champion. He's hiding in his tent. All the Israelite army, the Bible says, were dismayed and terrified. Look at verse 16. For 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. For 40 days. For many of us, that's that's the voice in our head. That that cognitive distortion is our Goliath. And, And it comes out when we're in this storm, when we're in this 40 days, and it accuses us. How can you not deal with this? How come you're not overcoming this? How come you're not better than this? Why do you keep doing the same thing over and over? You're such a failure. And it comes out and it accuses God. Where is your God? How come your God's not healing you of this? How come your God's not helping you through this? And that voice comes out and berates and threatens and accuses and humiliates us every single day. Whatever that thing is that's in your head, that thing that you can't overcome, whether it's that addiction, whether it's that shame, whether it's that sin, whether it's that past, whatever it is, it's there. And you can't get rid of it no matter how hard you try. And it seems like every time it comes out again and tells you how you're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not enough. And you'll never be enough. That's what it says to you. Forty days of constant threat until it becomes our entire focus. That's what happens here. Over a period of 40 days, the Israelites become increasingly fearful and reluctant because Goliath becomes more and more bold. He starts coming out twice a day, morning and evening, to to issue his challenge, to yell at the Israelites. And, and, And as the days wear on, I imagine that he becomes more and more arrogant that he becomes more and more bold because it's becoming more and more apparent nobody's coming to challenge him. And I know those taunts have to get worse and worse. He's trying to goad these Israelites into action. And then look at verse 26. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David's response is so much different than everybody else's. Everybody else hears this and, and is dismayed and terrified. David hears this for the first time, and he's not cowering in fear. He's not dismayed. He's not terrified. He's amazed that nobody's done anything about this. How in the world is this guy getting away with this? Because David's focus is not on Goliath. David's focus is on God. David is listening to a different voice. Instead of listening to the voice of Goliath, instead of listening to the taunts and the, and the humiliation and the, and, and, and the threats and the accusations, David is hearing God. Look at his reaction. He processes Goliath's words, but, but he doesn't do anything. He, he moves on. He's not talking about Goliath. He's not concerned about Goliath. He's already moving on to the outcome. What's going to happen for me if I do this? because I know somebody's offering something. What, what, what's going to be done for the guy who steps up and fights this? Because David's already moving on past Goliath. In his mind, Goliath's already beaten. One of the absolute keys for us to remember as we move out of 40 days into day 41, as we move out of the storm and into healing, is that for us to find deliverance, we have to change our focus. As long as I'm still focused on whatever that thing is, as long as that 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 consumes my vision, it's going to be a giant in my life. Until I replace that giant with something else, think about it. Whatever it is that's kept you terrorized, that's kept you harassed, that's kept you dismayed, like the Israelites, it. it, it, whatever pain, whatever, whatever struggle, whatever sin, whatever guilt, whatever shame, whatever it is, these things dominate our minds. And they, they start to become for us a kind of identity that, that, that we keep. And, and it's always there. And it's always taunting us. And it's always threatening us. But, but if we're going to get past that, we've got to change the focus. We've got to stop listening to Goliath and listen to God. We, we become focused on something different. Now it's important to remember in this moment that deliverance may not come in the traditional packaging. You're going to see, we're not going to go into it, but David's biggest hurdle he has to overcome here is not Goliath, it's everybody else. It's, it's his brother, it's Saul, all these people who tell him he can't do this. All the, all the adults in the room is what he has more trouble with than he does with Goliath. Because deliverance doesn't always come in a package that we expect. In fact, I, I would wager that if, if your God is predictable and all figured out, and, and he always does what you expect him to do, he's not the God of the Bible. Because God traditionally always takes the route that nobody expects. He's definitely not what they were expecting, but David is exactly what they needed. David walks with confidence and assurance. He walks out into this field of battle. Pick it up in verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I'll give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. David makes it real clear. This battle that we're fighting, it's not about me and you. You've taunted God, and now in the power of God, I'm going to cut your head off. (laughs) I just love it. He walks out there, and it's just matter of fact. He's not threatening him. He's telling him what's about to happen. I'm about to cut your head off, and then I'm going to chase all these other guys down and get them. because Not because I'm that great, but because you've messed with the God of Israel. You've messed with the wrong God. And and, and here's what we've got to get, y'all. Whatever giant it is that's been harassing and tormenting you, whatever voice it is, stepping out in day 41 is not done because we have such great willpower and strength. It's not done because I'm I'm so vigorous and so strong. Because in in that regard, the voice is right. I'm not enough. And I never will be enough. And, And because by myself, I'm never going to be enough. My deliverance is going to come for the glory of God. And when I go and fight this thing and realize that that whatever that voice is, it's not insulting me. It's insulting the one who I belong to. He's not insulting me. He's insulting God. And so in the power of God, I can face this thing because my deliverance doesn't come by me. We have to make sure that we give him full credit because the battle's not ours. It's the Lord's. Now, if you're like me and you grew up in church, you heard this passage preached over and over again. You've heard all the sermons about how you need to be David. You need to be more like David. You need to have the faith of David. You need to go face your giant like David. But but I'm here to tell you this morning, we've got it all wrong because you and I are not David. You and I are Israel. We're hiding in our tents, scared to death. And if we're honest, we're Israel. And that voice has been yelling at me for 40 days. But my deliverance doesn't come because I pick up rocks. My deliverance comes because I put my faith in the Son of David. That Mike read about this morning, that lion of the tribe of Judah, that that Son of David. When I put my faith in a Savior... My deliverance comes. we got to change our focus. And as long as we're focused on the giant, it's going to be a giant. But when we shift our focus over here and we look to God, when we shift our focus over here and we look to our Savior, we look for deliverance from a source outside of ourselves, then we can find healing. We can find hope. We can find deliverance. Whatever giant is plaguing you this week, whatever it is that voice is telling you, it, it's already been beaten. It's already been vanquished. It's already been taken down and beheaded in the power of Jesus Christ. There, this story is not a story of, of, of heroic manliness. This is a story of the love and the power of God in our lives. See, love knows no bounds love never fails love never ends love is 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 what we're all about and and waiting for our champion our redemption our savior love has already fought the battle won the war and been crowned victorious on a cross this morning the key to day 41 is changing my focus As long as I allow the giant to be the voice I listen to, I'm always going to hide in fear just like Saul. When I change my focus, when I look to Jesus for my deliverance, then I realize that the battle's already won. Look at verse 52. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sharm Road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. Look at this. When the champion overcomes the giant, when, when the deliverance happens, everybody shares in the victory, even the ones that were hiding in the tent. Even the ones that were too scared to come outside, everyone shares in the victory. The cowardly, the anxious, the fearful, all share in the glory of victory. They all participate in the reward. This morning, the victory has already been won. The giant's already been slain. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, period. No matter what the voice says, the battle's over, the victory's won. Today can be day 41. It can be a day that you move out of that time. But you have to change your focus. You have to change what voice you're listening to, change your direction, and follow the one who can be your deliverance. The Bible calls that repentance. That's what that word means. It means listening to a different voice. It means changing to a different direction. It means following a different leader. It means looking for deliverance somewhere besides me. This morning, we're going to sing this song, and this is about accepting that. I don't care if you come forward or not. That's not important. If you need public help, if you want us to pray over you publicly, that's what this time is for but more so right now, just this moment, as you stand up, as you sing this song, it's between you and God. And maybe you need to privately, as you sing this song, say, God, I'm ready to accept this fountain. I'm ready to accept this deliverance. I'm ready to take my focus off whatever this is back here and put it solely on you. Help me hear your voice. If we can lift you up in prayer, if you want to come to him in baptism, whatever we can do to help you, that's what this time is.